So rough greens, if you're a dog owner, you know you have to take care of your pet. And that means more than just giving them food or water. It's, you know, your, your dog is a part of the family. And the health and happiness of your dog are important to you. I've been telling you for a while about Rough Greens, how it's changed Uno's life. Changed our life, really, because we don't have to sit there and hand feed him anymore. Uh, This isn't a dog food. This is something you put on the food. And somehow or another, they just love it. Most dogs go crazy. Uh, I know Uno loves it. President Miles. President Miles Piper as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Piper doesn't get her credit for eating the Rough Greens, but she's she's very healthy and loves it as well. Right. And uh, it doesn't just help your dog eat. It gives them all the vitamins and minerals and probiotics and everything that they really need. And you will see a difference in your dog in a couple of months of of, uh, feeding them this. I saw it almost right away, but he continues to change. It's amazing. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get a free bag just for your dog to try out. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. trust anyone when they lie to you about really important things like really important things like why people got killed how can we trust anyone in our government the white house yesterday confirmed what we all knew biden turned down the general's advice to keep 2500 troops in afghanistan they came out and they admitted that, yeah, that's what the president did, and it's his right to decide. Yes, it is his right to decide. But why then did he come out just a few weeks ago and say, I never got that advice? What happened yesterday? And if we can't trust him in Afghanistan, why should we trust what's in this $3.5 trillion bill? Wait until I show you the little things that are hidden inside of it. Also, we go to Capitol Hill. Marsha Blackburn is with us. She questioned the generals yesterday uh, quite vigorously. We're going to get her comments in 30 minutes. We begin the show in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about a guy named Ace. Yeah, Ace. He's 80 years old. During his lifetime, he has broken his back not once but twice in middle school and once in high school in a car accident over the years he's had a lot of medical care including surgeries try to fix his back as well as possible and it has left him in pain for a lot of years thankfully ace married somebody like i married who kept bugging him to try relief factor i know how it feels ace i know i know if you can only get her to stop nagging you on the things that are right in the end the result Within a few weeks, his pain was down to manageable. Ace says he doesn't feel 20, but he doesn't feel 80 either. He got his life back. Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more. Try the three-week quick start trial pack right now for $19.95. ReliefFactor.com. I'll call 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 
Well, hello to my executive producer, Stu Bregeer, and host of Stu Does America. <laughs> that immediately precedes the Glenn Beck program tonight at 9 o'clock. Big night on Blaze TV. It is a big night. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the border, and we have people who are on the border, uh, do this for a living, that are going to tell the real stories behind the border tonight. Biden's really a hero. Kamala mm-hmm. Harris has been there individually no, removing no, that's, that's not it. Criminals. Um, let me tell you what's in our infrastructure bill. Uh, the three point five trillion dollar bill. Uh, just it was just yesterday uh, that Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi quietly tucked an enforcement mechanism into the three point five trillion dollar reconciliation bill, uh, passed it out of the budget committee and sent it to the House floor. Uh, it's something you should know about on page 168. And I know. I mean, why read it? It's 2,465 pages. So, you know, that's about double the length of um, of Les Miserables. just the longest book I've ever read in my life. And it just went on and on. And on. That's about double. So anyway, um, on page 168 is a tenfold increase in fines for employers that willfully, repeatedly, or even seriously violate a section of the labor law that deals with hazards, deaths, or physical harm to their employees. OSHA set the the precedent this summer and published an emergency COVID-19 rule in the Federal Register taking jurisdiction over and providing justification for COVID-19 being a workplace hazard for healthcare employment. Then Biden announced his 100 employee plus uh, kind of thing where you, you will have um, you'll have OSHA breathing down your neck. Well, in the budget, there is now OSHA fines for noncompliance up to seven hundred thousand dollars for each willful or repeated violation. That will kill all companies that are noncompliant, kill them. That's 80 million of us work in companies that are going to be uh, going to be fined in that way if they don't bow the knee to the king. Uh, By the way, President Biden embraced the stance earlier this month when he challenged Republicans who are threatening lawsuits over what they decry as his federal overreach. He said, have at it. We're playing for real here. This isn't a game. They're playing hardball. Yeah. Are the Republicans? Uh, you could I mean, argue that, I guess. But, I, you know, this is something they're not even trying to get a debate on. Right. No. This is not one of the the big features of this bill. They're no. jamming it in there. Right. Under the cover of darkness. Well, let me give you another feature you're going to love. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, th- this is the Build Back Better bill. Uh, they the have what? Build Back Better. The Build Back Better what? Bill. The Build Back Better bill? Build Back Better bill. The bill that's build back, building back better? That's the... Build back better bill. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, it's pouring tens of billions of dollars. How, this is, hmm? how many billions? Tens of billions? Tens of billions. In of the build dollars. back better bill? Yes. Billions in the build back better bill? Yes. Yes. An unprecedented amount, uh, an amount into community organizations. That's because congressional Democrats have failed to ram through two voting bills, H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. Those were the ones that were going to change the elections, right? That's not the Build Back Better bill. That's a different bill. No, this is the bill that bankrolls the things in the Build Back Better bill. That bankrolls the Build Back Better bill of the billions. Yes, Mm -hmm. got it. 
Um, it uh, bankrolls nonprofit community organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds totally like it couldn't possibly they have go any wrong. problems, right? The Small Business mm-hmm. Administration is distributing huge sums to nonprofits that will serve as incubators, dispersing funds to start up businesses in underserved areas. Businesses are helped in the Build Back Better belt bill? With billions. Curiously, the SBA already has regional offices across the USA to uh, help startups and could distribute the funds itself. But instead, it's empowering nonprofits by making them the middleman. Ninety percent of the startups fall. Ninety percent of all startups fail. Okay, no riskier place to put your money in than into a brand new business. Yet there the bill for the billions in the Build Back Better bill. Establish no uh, standards for which businesses get the billions of the Build Back Better bill. Except they have to be majority owned by members of underrepresented communities, uh, including <laughs> residents of high poverty areas. Okay. Uh, and the formerly incarcerated. Oh, good. The one thing they cannot have. <laughs> What's the, hmm? You said startups, 90% failure. What's the startup of the formerly incarcerated rate? Is it, is it higher than 90%, would you say? I'm, I don't have the numbers on that, but I'm guessing maybe. Um, well, let me just say this. If you're formerly incarcerated and you started a business before and it's been going for, let's say, five years, you know, you have a pretty good chance. However, the one yeah, thing that's not to say you can't turn your life around, Correct. but I would say just percentage wise, sure. the businesses sure. that are trying uh-huh. to build back better with these billions might there might be better targets. Well, here's the one thing they can't have. If you are if you're a formerly incarcerated that lives in a high poverty area uh, and you're a member of an underrepresented community mm. and you're looking for funding for your startup, you can't have a track record. Oh, well, that would be if you've been in business for five years, you're not eligible for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you can you have to be a startup with incarcerated people, uh, but also have no experience, no experience, (laughs) no experience. (laughs) Well, see, you 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 pointed it out earlier, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Uh, These sorts of businesses are the most risky place to put your money. Well, that matters when it's your money. If it's yeah. not your money, who cares how Correct. risky it is? It's our money, so they don't care at all. Build Back Better is funding an even wider array of organizations. It's allocating a whopping $5.7 billion for community-led projects to stabilize neighborhoods. Mm. There's also $5 billion for climate justice block grants. Block grants for billions in the Build Back Better bill? Yes, to pay for community organizations for, among other things, facilitating engagement of disadvantaged communities in state and federal processes. Hmm. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Facilitating engagement of disadvantaged communities in state and federal processes. (laughs) <laughs> that's just not at all not at organizing all organizing votes yeah, it sounds what it, that's what it sounds it's like. exactly what it is it's exactly what it is this is um the left-wing community organizing that barack obama did barack obama the build back better bill with billions <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um why are all the words bees i don't know but you're right this is this is essentially all of us funding the fever dream of Barack Obama pre-Senate. 
this is right, like this is his gig back then. Right. And this is what they they don't need uh, the federal election H.R. one or H.R. four. Just throw it in here. Just throw it in here. And they're already funding it. That's what's happening. And if our, if anyone, if any Republican uh, votes for this, they must be voted out of office. They must be voted out of office. They're not going to vote for this reconciliation bill, I don't think. But that doesn't matter. They don't need any Republicans. Like all they have to do is get Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema on board. And really, think of all this stuff that we're discussing here. There's probably another thousand examples in this bill. Oh, yeah. I know Open the Books is going through it, and they're the ones I think that found this 10 times increase. Um, they're going to find tons of stuff like this. So you're telling me I'm supposed to believe that the Democrats are not going to come through and get this thing uh, voted voted on. Where I'm supposed to believe this pseudo theater where they all come out and say, I don't know, $3 trillion is a lot. Oh, well, I'll tell you, Joe Manchin, if you don't pass the $3 trillion, I won't pass your your infrastructure bill. Oh, wow, there's a lot of disagreement here. I wonder if Nancy Pelosi can pull it off. Of course they're going to pull it off. You're telling me they're going to let all this stuff die? They can make, they can, they can tell you that there there's drama and there's and there's and there's pushing and pulling and of course there's negotiation everyone wants to get their crap in at the end right joe manchin wants to have something that he kills in this bill so he can go back to west virginia and fool them for the 500th time that he's actually moderate but the bottom line is joe manchin's not gonna save you do you think joe manchin and kirsten cinema are going to save you they're not going to save you. They're going to come up with some justification to get this done. There's too much of this crap in there to let it die. It's way too important for them. I don't believe it at all. Glad I have a phone book still. I'm just looking for a rope store <laughs> and a place where I can find the rickety stool, hopefully next door to each other. <laughs> the rickety Good. stools is that is the rickety stool store uh, funded in the Build Back Better bill? It might, it might be. Well, if they don't have any success track record. <laughs> they don't. They're yeah. a terrible business. <laughs> a terrible it's a business. convict yeah. who's hanging people. He went to prison. He got out and started a rickety stool store. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Let me tell you about uh, My Patriot Supply. The world went crazy yesterday. What if the world went crazy tomorrow? Would you be able to survive the panic that ensued? Would you have enough food to eat? Experts say you need at least three months of emergency food if you want to be properly prepared. By the way, I read a great stat. Did you know natural gas has gone up 183%? So if you have natural gas to heat your house, don't worry. Don't worry. It's not going to be a burden on you. Everything's going to be great. Uh, please, there's going to be shortages. There's going to be trouble ahead. Please be part of the solution. Get three months of emergency food right now and be properly prepared. If you go to preparewithglenn.com right now, you can save $100 off of the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. The food stays fresh for up to 25 years. It's packed with over 2,000 calories a day to keep you going strong through all the craziness. You'll get breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even a snack. Enough for one person for three months. It doesn't have to be the apocalypse. We move on from whatever it is that happens. We just have to make it from one point to the other. 
Since you save $100 per kit, get one for each member of the family. Go to preparewithglenn.com right now. It'll be delivered fast to your door in unmarked boxes. Keep it to yourself. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. 10 seconds, station ID. State of the Union right now, chairman of the Fed said uh, the spike in inflation is lasting longer than they expected. Uh-huh. And I'm sure the $3.5 trillion spending package is going to make it better. Sure, sure, sure. Jen uh, Saki said, we think it's an outrage that they would raise their prices to compensate for higher taxes. I know that's crazy. Her actual quote was, we think it's absurd that absurd. they would do that. Absurd? It's what every <laughs> business has done always. 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 And it's not just businesses. It's schools. It's everyone. Everything. Everyone. everyone. Your, your cost of being in business go up. You raise your prices. God, these people are just morons. It's not like something they're doing to hurt people. Mm -hmm. You're screwing them. They're trying to keep their business doors open. That's why they you say they need the Build Back Better bill. But in reality, if you just get out of their way, they wouldn't need the billions from the Build Back Better bill. That's a bust. <laughs> Tonight on Plays, uh, we're going to put the spotlight on yet another massive humanitarian crisis of Biden's own creation. They created the disaster in Afghanistan. They've created the economic instability. Uh, but they've also just welcomed the humanitarian situation in the southern border tonight on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Biden's border crisis. Biden's border crisis? Yes. You're doing that over the Build Back Better bill and all the billions? The threat to America tonight at 9 p.m. So, yes. Wait. Oh, immediately after a brand new Stew Does America. <laughs> hey, there you go. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. Um, <laughs> yesterday, late in the show, we we uh, we told you that there's there's in the scientific American, there is some real concern that the term Jedi is problematic for describing programs that promote justice, equity, diversity and inclusion. They don't like it. Now, this was written, and I and Stu, back me up on that. You thought this was, oh, geez, Glenn's reading something from, you know, the Babylon Bee. Every once in a while, this has happened over the years. I've been with, doing the show with you for 20-some-odd years at this point. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, one mm -hmm. of these, like, parody stories gets sent to you by somebody, and you it seems so real because the, the world is so crazy. And I am thinking, you read it to me usually off the air, and you're like, what do you think about this? And then I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be true, and I'll check. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. And you got into this one, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening on the air. He's reading a story that's clearly a parody on the air. Yeah, not a parody. Not a parody. Not a parody. <laughs> this is from Scientific American. You know, remember the magazine that used to write about, I don't know, scientific stuff? Mm. They're writing now about Jedi's. And how you can't, if you're a justice warrior, you can't use the word Jedi to describe you uh, because it's really it's it's it has problems. First of all, Jedis are intergalactic police monks. I'm not kidding. And they have violent duels with phallic lightsabers. I'm not making it up. No. Hmm? Phallic life. Like they lightsaber. say that they say it. Violent duels with phallic lightsabers. Mm hmm. 
Mm -hmm. as well as gaslighting by means of Jedi mind tricks. Okay. They're also ableist (laughs) and eugenics. uh, They're eugenic uh, 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 fans. Okay. So anyway, um, now yesterday we got here to the Star Wars has a problematic cultural legacy from Scientific American. The space opera franchise has been critiqued for trafficking in injustices such as sexism, racism, and ableism. Think, for example, of the so-called Slave Leia costume, infamous for stripping down and chaining up the movie series' first leading woman as a part of an Orientalist subplot. That one's still fascinating to me. They're saying that as an oriental what a tradition to chain women up under <laughs> underneath really don't, fat people i, I don't uh, know okay star wars arguably conflates alienness with non-whiteness often seeming to rely on racist stereotypes when depicting non-human species the series regularly defaults onto ableist tropes mm. now what is an ableist trope try to think of what an ableist trope would be in star wars all i was thinking about is that like you might be like how they're constantly cutting people's arms and legs with off phallic symbols with phallic symbols so you'd think they'd be pretty i mean a lot of the heroes in the story don't have all their limbs like uh-huh. this is yeah. this is an empowering uh-huh. plot uh-huh. i would think uh-huh well listen to this the ableist tropes memorably in its portrayal of darth vader which links the villain's physical disability with mechanic inhumanity and moral deviance, presenting his technologically assisted breathing as a sinister auditory marker of danger and doom. <laughs> I hate the yeah, that thing. that's ableist. That they are saying that that <laughs> you're making somebody who is on a breathing machine seem. Oh come evil. on! The pe- yeah. No, no, no. Scientific American. Uh, What's more, the bodies and voices centered in Star Wars have, with few exceptions, historically been those of white men. Except for the most important and famous voice in it of Darth Vader, who is a black man. What? Lando Calrissian. Oh my gosh. A black man. No, no, no. We haven't even Chewbacca, gotten, we haven't even gotten to how the Jedi Samuel L. Jackson is isn't? nothing but a tool for the corporate capitalists at Disney. This is the Glenn Beck program. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Marshall Blackburn is coming up next. You've been hearing me talk about what's going on in Australia. It used to be one of the freer countries in the world. Now, brutal lockdown. 18 months. How did that happen? The slow creep of authoritarianism isn't so slow anymore, and it's taking us over because Americans have lost touch with our founding principles and our own rights. Don't lose hope. You lose hope, you lose the battle. One of the best ways to push back and fight for our country is to be more free, not less, and educate your kids about freedoms, how to preserve them. If you don't have the Tuttle Twins books for your kids, now is the time. They're fun, they're interesting, they're great ways to learn about freedom so we don't end up in an authoritarian mess. Tuttle Twins. They're having a great sale on the books right now. It's 35% discount on their books. Plus, they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. Huge discount off the normal price. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get this discount. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 
Keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com Well, you can learn about the billions that the businesses are getting from the Build Back Better bill on Blaze TV. It's BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Did anybody, if you watched the Senate testimony yesterday, were you surprised that there didn't seem to be much hesitation in throwing the president under the bus? Yeah, I think there was a an effort, a clear effort by the generals to say, not us, wasn't us. Right. I mean, the way they were saying it, they're like, hey, uh, did you want to keep 2,500 troops? And they would say, well, I can't tell you what I told the president, but I'll tell you what I thought the entire time. Right. Uh, yes, we should have kept them. And it's like, well, why would we assume you were telling the president what you didn't believe? Right. right? Like, well, with these three, I can believe it. That's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mackenzie, but, I th- was it Mackenzie the, was the one that was like, I thought really straightforward. Yes, yes. He uh, was because he's the, he's the least in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Um, so they were throwing him out of the bus. And I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday, Barack Obama came out against uh, Joe Biden and his policies as well. Joe Biden, I mean, uh, uh, Barack Obama came out against the border and said it's unsustainable and this is crazy and it has to stop. It's a danger. Does he think we need to build the border back better? Yeah, I think he does. Mm-hmm. I think he does. I, you know, Barack Obama is pretty much running the White House at this point. It's his policies that are being pushed through by his people that were in under him and now running the show for Joe Biden. And look, by, uh, Obama was a bad president. I, I, he was a legitimately bad president. People may remember we did a couple of shows on that back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's at least it felt like he was a competent progressive yeah like this is a totally it's like the combination of bernie sanders and jimmy carter we're like mm. ah. and, and a then clown. multiply and times a yeah and a clown and a four-year-old who just wants pudding yes it's it's like i it, it it seems incomprehensible that he could be doing this poorly at this many things at the same time. It's not like a one time, one time screw up. Everything this guy touches yeah. turns to garbage. I was going to say something else. Yeah. Yeah. Glad I did. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> it's hard to do though. That's what I, I, I mm-hmm. I'm trying to communicate. If you want to screw things up, it's hard to be this consistent in every single category Which across the board. Which leads an, a sane individual to say, this is by design. Maybe it's not a screw up. Maybe it's not a screwed up. Because again, if you're just screwing things up, occasionally things will fall to the other side. Like, whew, wow, that was a screw up. <laughs> that one worked out okay. There's nothing. There's nothing that works out to the advantage of America. Yeah. Nothing ever. The the McKenzie testimony yesterday where he said, not only did I request that thousands of troops or did I believe thousands of troops should remain in Afghanistan, but he just willingly volunteered the idea that. Uh, and also, it was my belief that if we didn't keep those troops there, the Taliban, the, the government would crumble and the Taliban would take over the country immediately. And so we know now, basically, with no, actually, they did confirm this later. The, the White House did confirm later yeah, they that did. they did give them that information. Right. So we now know that the Biden administration was told by his top military advisors that 
if he did not keep these troops there, the government would crumble, the Taliban would take over. Exactly what happened. We knew that he, we now know that he was told that not by evil Republicans who just want to stay at war forever, but by the people he chose to advise him. We have Marsha Blackburn on with us now. Uh, yesterday, uh, she uh, she went after the generals and trying to figure things out. What was your takeaway, Marsha? Oh, I have to tell you, uh, one of the things that was very apparent was these guys are willing to basically turn around and pin this on Joe Biden. You had General Miller, who was before us in a uh, classified briefing a couple of weeks ago, uh, give us information about the troop levels and recommendations. And it was apparent that General McKenzie did receive that information from General Miller. They each had recommended a minimum level of 2,500 troops that would allow the safekeeping of Bagram Airfield, the prison that is there, the embassy, and support at Hkaya Airport to keep terrorists away. So um, you had General Milley and General, uh, Secretary Austin saying that message was communicated to the president and his team. Now, Glenn, that is really important because you've got people like Susan Rice and Jake Sullivan and Ron Klain who are really the puppet masters behind this thing and pulling all the strings. So it's important to note that they were made aware that you could not secure Afghanistan, that you were going to have issues with Taliban takeover if you pulled that troop level down. You could not get Americans out of there and conduct an orderly evacuation without having that minimum troop level of 2,500. So what it leaves you to say is, did President Biden and his team do this on purpose? Was this intentional? Is this the outcome that they wanted? And if it was intentional to have this chaotic, confusing withdrawal, what was the purpose? Was it solely because Joe Biden wanted to take a victory dance on September 11th and say, hey, look at me. I'm the guy. I did this. I ended this longest war. I got us out of Afghanistan. But in all of this, he missed the key point. It is the war on terror. It is the war on terror. We called it that because the Taliban has an allegiance to an ideology, not to a country. They had used Afghanistan as a safe safe harbor. And now because of Joe Biden's bad actions, what do you see? This group that is loyal to an ideology is now running a country, and they are going to be the safe haven for all of these terrorist groups, whether they're Hamas or Hezbollah or Al-Qaeda or ISIS or the Taliban so, or any of the other proxies. So what what happens now? I mean, OK, so now the general said, oh, we told him um, play cut nine here. Here's Biden in August. No, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. 
Okay. So he mm. obviously is lying or he can't recall it because he's incompetent. Um, either way, what's going to happen now? Now the mess has been made. America has been discredited all over the world. People died. The uh, the generals come out and say, we told him it would happen, but they were part of it. So what happens now? First of all, it is astounding to us that nobody's been fired. This is another thing that points to the fact that this is intentional. Second, what you will see, <coughs> pardon me, is a greater focus by some of us in the Senate at Senate Armed Services Committee on our counterterrorism efforts. You also will see some of us in the Senate move forward with uh, pushing to um, solidify relationships with some of our countries that are in the region, our allies that are in the region. And then uh, probably next time we have a round of promotions coming up through the military, which we in the Senate have to sign off on, there's going to be further conversations about the environment that we're creating there. I have been astounded with how aggressively political General Mark Milley is. And I have found out from people that served with him that have served under his command. He has been known to be a very political general. So well, I think. I, uh, hang on just a second. I want to play something you asked Millie. Um, cut six, please. You asked him this yesterday. I'd like to know exactly why you, you asked this question. General Millie, um, yes or no to this. Did you talk to Bob Woodard or Robert Costa for their book, Peril? Woodward, yes. Costa, no. Did you talk to Carol Leonic and Philip Rucker for their book, Alone, Can I Fix It? Yes. Did you talk to Michael Bender for his book? Book is, frankly, we did win this election, the inside story of how Trump lost. Yes. yes. And were you accurately represented in these books? I haven't read any of the books, <laughs> so I don't know. I've, I've seen press know. reporting of it. I, okay. I haven't read the book. Uh, so. Let's have you read the books and then let us know if you are accurately presented Absolutely. and portrayed. So you didn't ask to see if he had read the books. You asked for what reason? Why did you ask that question? I asked that because he sat there and told us time and again that he could not give us a readout of conversations that they had had with President Biden, the advice that they had given, even though they were still trying to throw him under the bus. So he ha he would not do that with the Senate Armed Services Committee. However, we find out that he was portrayed not in one book, but that there are two others coming out. And you know what, Glenn, there may be even more books that we don't yet know about, books that are yet to be published. But did he do these on Pentagon time? Did he do these over a landline or on a Pentagon-issued uh, cell phone? Are there transcripts from these conversations that he had with these authors? Why did he take the time to go right out his commander-in-chief, who was President Donald Trump, and White House officials that are supporting President Donald Trump, and he has plenty of time to talk to the authors in these books because he is loyal to himself. 
and he wanted to do some reputation burnishing and rehab. So he took the time to put his spin on what happened so that he would be seen in a positive light and President Trump in a less positive light. I think that is such a despicable course of action. So I wanted, while he was under oath, to find out if he took his time to do that, while all the while we have issues in Afghanistan and we're trying to push forward. I mean, the same thing in asking about the phone calls with Pelosi. Why did he do that on January 8th? Why was there a call to Chairman Lee, the Chinese Communist Party general, on January 8th? Why were there calls that were taking place? Was it to say, hey, you know, I'm the guy in charge? Does he have an Alexander Haig type of approach to things? where, you know, I'm the guy in control here uh, that was outside of his chain of command. It is inappropriate. And what he needs to realize, we do not have a military that controls the government and the people. We have civilian control of our military that is answerable to the people. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Uh, she's on the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee. She was there yesterday and questioned the three generals and actually at one point called them the three that broke the military. Um, Senator, thank you so much for being on with us. Appreciate it. God bless. You got it. Take care. You Bye. Bet. Sponsor this half hour is American Financing. What would you give to be able to go back in time and fix some of the financial mistakes that you've made in the past? Go back and tell your younger self, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. It's going to make life a lot tougher for you down the road. Be nice, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. And uh, we have to live with the mistakes we made. But here's the good thing. You can make smart decisions going forward and your future will be brighter. It's especially true if you're fiscally responsible and you're a homeowner because you have an opportunity to call American Financing right now and help them get you out and onto the right path for your financial future. Whether you're refinancing your home mortgage at a lower rate, maybe putting together a debt consolidation loan that will get you out from under those crushing weights of things like credit card debt, whatever it is, they're waiting on the other side of a phone call just to help you out. Give them a call today. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. On October 9th, just a couple of weeks away, uh, we're going to be doing an event on the next chapter of Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. Uh, it is the Power of One event. Um, can't really be a celebration because of what, everything that's going on, but in some ways it is a celebration of where we've been for the last 10 years. More importantly, what comes next? How are we going to save our country? It is going to be a clear decision I've been writing um, my uh, my action plan and my my uh, speech for that event. I just read some of it to Stu uh, this morning. It is I think it is going to be something really important for you to know. Um, and it is something that I want you to be involved with. 
Uh, if you can be there, great. You can get tickets. They start at like 25 bucks. All the proceeds go to keep the lights on at Mercury One. This is our once a year event. Uh, there's going to be people for you to meet, um, things for you to uh, see, historic items, uh, and uh, some really, really, uh, you're going to walk away feeling really good. It's the M1 Next Chapter event. Just go to m1nextchapter.com, m1nextchapter.com. Doors open at 6 o'clock. The event starts at 7. It is going to be at the... Uh, Toyota Music uh, Factory uh, here in Dallas, Texas, October 9th. Please come and join us now. Get your tickets now. M1NextChapter.com. And we will we will see you there. All right. Coming up in just a second, I want to talk to you a little bit about the economy and the lies that we are all accepting. And we have to stop accepting these lies and stand in the truth because what's coming is going to require the truth some tough medicine that's coming up next stand by